Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Love Tribe. What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in. Yes. Thanks for joining us. And today we actually have 
back, Dr. John Catone. We interviewed him a few weeks ago, but we have not put out his first episode. So you're going to hear him mention the previous episode, which we have not yet released. So if you're looking for that one, you can't find it. That is what. It's coming out in the future. (laughs) It's coming out in the future. Dr. John Catone is a psychologist in a private practice in New York. He also has a column on Psychology Today and has written the book, Who Are You? Essential Questions for Hitchhikers on the Road to Truth. And today we talk about the different personality dimensions and how we can understand our own and our partner's and better relate. And as we mentioned last week, all of this is important anytime, but we do mention it through the lens of the current coronavirus pandemic, which is, of course, on a lot of people's minds. And so we want you to know we're here to give you information to help better navigate this for your relationship and your mental health. And if you're like me or a lot of our listeners, you might hear this and be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to hear about coronavirus. I'm sick of hearing it in the media. But don't worry, we don't talk about it from that angle. It's more of how you can use these tools to better your relationship during these stressful times. Or anytime. Or anytime. Yeah. And uh, as we mentioned again last week, Check out the links in our show notes to the CDC and to the Johns Hopkins newsletter. Sarah talked about the overload of coronavirus stuff. We've both found it better for our mental health (laughs) and our relationship to unplug from that. And while we still want to stay a little bit informed, so I subscribed to that newsletter. It's very condensed and I don't even read it every day. So that way there's not just this barrage of media coming in, which I noticed greatly increased my anxiety like right away, which causes more stress. Not good for me, not good for our marriage. So uh, hang in there, guys. We want you to know that we're here to give you this information to navigate this, uh, not medically, but from a mental health standpoint. So thank you for tuning in and enjoy today's show. Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, John. Thanks so much for joining us back on the show. Oh, hi, Sarah. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. John, today we're going to talk about the different personality dimensions. And in the pre-show, we talked a little bit about addressing this through the lens of the current pandemic. And obviously this is on a lot of people's minds, but this is valuable information to have at any time for your relationship. And certainly during more stressful times, like a lot of us are experiencing, but we're going to make it through. We're going to understand our personality dimensions better and our partners. And uh, that's why I wanted to have you back on the show to, to help guide us uh, through, through this. And so maybe we can jump in and, you can lay some groundwork for understanding our own personality dimensions and what those are. Sure, sure. So first off, let me just say that uh, 
the theory that I posed in my article with the three personality dimensions, physical, emotional, and intellectual, um, this is something that I put together. I've done a lot of uh, study and reading of personality styles and personality theories, some of which come from formal psychology theories like Freud's theories or Beck's theories. Uh, others have come from uh, other philosophical theories outside of uh, the you know um, psychological tradition. And some are based on statistical research like the 16PF and Raymond Cattell's theories and other theories of, of research in psychology that are more statistically oriented. But the theory that really sort of guided my understanding on this comes from George Gurdjieff, who was a spiritual philosopher of the 19th and 20th century. And uh, his, his theory on this was written in a book by um, a student of his, T.D. Uspensky. Uh, called the fourth way, and he discussed how, from the way he saw things, uh, people could break down along one of three personality types: the more physical personality type, emotional personality type, or intellectual personality type. And depending on that personality type, people would be best served by pursuing the spiritual path that aligns with that particular personality type. And so I had read that a while ago and, and that influenced me and influenced my thinking. And I thought, well, you know, if people could be well served by following the spiritual path that aligns with their personality type, then their personality type could also help guide their psychotherapy or which approach they'd be best served by from a psychotherapy perspective. So that's where I sort of began my work in this area and my, my thinking. And when I'm thinking about a person's personality type, I think about three things. I, I look at which activities or personal traits they take the most pride in, which activities they seek out most for pleasure, and which activities they most reliably pursue to comfort, them to, to comfort themselves during times of stress with the, the current situation with the coronavirus being a good example of a, of a time of stress and how people are looking to comfort themselves or are looking to get comfort from their partner. Let's dive in and talk about each of these personality traits and see if we can identify them for ourselves. Sure, sure. So first, uh, we'll have, uh, I guess I'll discuss the physical orientation or people whose most prominent dimension of personality involves the, the physical orientation or the body. And for individuals of this type, their ego, their identity, and the activities that they most enjoy, uh, as you would imagine, revolve around the body. So this could be exercise, this could be yoga, even sex indulgence in fine foods or drink, people who might be wine connoisseurs, uh, and all types of sports. And so um, for them, the focus is on their body, uh, as it might be with, let's say, bodybuilders or runway models, or it can be focused on a particular activity like professional athletes and sports and things of that nature. So 
for, for people who are physically oriented, again, their preoccupation and their identity and their ego and their personality is all oriented around things related to the body, either the body itself or performance and different activities. Then if we talk about the emotional orientation, uh, this is an orientation that is most integrated with people's feelings about relationships and family bonds, friendships, or romantic attachments. It's relationships that give their lives the most meaning for people who are emotionally oriented. And it's their source, the relationships of their lives are the source of their greatest joys, but it could also be the source of their greatest anxieties and greatest sorrows. And when their relationships are going well, they feel like their lives are going well. When their relationships are not going well, it can be such an intense, response that they have to that, that it distracts them from almost anything else that's going on and including their responsibilities. They might not be able to manage the important responsibilities of their lives. And then finally, you have the, the intellectual orientation. And for people who are intellectually oriented, the activities that most resonate with their ego, their personality, and their identity are those that are cognitively driven, intellectually driven, um, in some cases, maybe even psychologically driven. So, you know, we may be talking about uh, just straight intellectual work, like study of a particular subject matter or work in any capacity that is involves mental pursuits, reading books, coding, um, reading articles on a particular topic. And these are the things that most interest them and and it's there it's the prism through which they see the world so rational arguments or rational uh points about certain issues are what resonate most with them and um so on on the positive side people who are emotionally oriented are strongly able to uh, work long hours in isolation away from people in order to achieve a particular goal. And they're also very good at compartmentalizing and not letting emotional factors creep in to influence their work performance. On the flip side, sometimes intellectual oriented people may not be able to best gauge or understand the emotional issues that their partner or their friends may be dealing with, and they might not be able to see socialization as something to be enjoyed for its own sake. And in a sense, they may see socialization as a means to some sort of end or goal for them. So that's just a quick sort of overview. I'm sorry, probably wasn't quick. Nothing <laughs> is, is ever quick. I apologize. But that's sort of an overview of the physical, emotional and intellectual orientations. So how would understanding the type of personality dimension that you have benefit someone's stress level or anxiety or, or learning how to manage tough situations like the one that we're in right now? Sure, sure. So I think that if you know either your partner's or in my case, your patient's personality orientation, it can help to guide you to more quickly find the solution or the um, resolution to the thing that's bothering them. So for someone who is physically oriented, again, I think they see everything through the, the prism of 
their body and physical action. So for them, um, they may be very inclined to want to stay safe physically. So if we're talking about the situation with the coronavirus, obviously being able to protect themselves physically, they may be more likely to want to quarantine themselves, want to make sure that people around them are always using hand sanitizer uh, and to try to address the problem by bringing as much physical control into the situation as possible. Um, For people who are emotionally oriented, they may have their anxiety be the most salient part of what's happening to them. And so offering them validation and doing what you can in the way that they see the world to help them to quell their anxiety. So that may be different forms of communication. Um, Last time I had mentioned the Imago dialogues that were developed by Harville Hendricks and his wife, Helen Hunt. And so communication is communication and validation is often the key to helping someone through, you know, these types of situations when their partner is more emotionally oriented. And for someone who's more intellectually oriented, I think uh, doing as much that you can do to gather information, to gather statistics, rational arguments about why we're going to be okay and, you know, creating a rational context for everything that's going on. So, you know, those might be the different ways that you would help your partner who's really struggling, depending on whether or not they're physically, emotionally, or intellectually oriented. So when you were mentioning the characteristics of an emotional personality, I felt like I could really relate to that one, especially from the socialization aspect of it and the friendships and 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 what I enjoy doing. And so right now, like with what we're experiencing with a lot of people being quarantined and isolation, I feel like that can be a big thing for people who are have a more of an emotional personality because what might make them feel better is being around people they love. But yet right now we're kind of being told not to do that. So what can we do to find that balance? So some people aren't completely deprived from personal and human connection. Yeah, you, you bring up a great point, Sarah. And I, I, I too believe that I'm more of an emotional oriented person. And so When you have any kind of a situation, whether it's about the coronavirus or even, you know, for people with depression, in many cases, when people experience depression, they feel not only a sense of isolation from the disorder itself, but they feel that people tend to avoid them for any number of reasons. And then that social isolation that comes as a result becomes a whole other secondary layer of all of this that deepens the original depression. And so in the case with what we're dealing with now with the coronavirus, it's very similar in that regard, especially for emotional oriented people, because you as an emotionally oriented person or me as an emotionally oriented person desperately need to hear from your friends, your family members, your loved ones in order for you to maintain some sense of balance and normalcy. And and I grew up in uh, an Italian family where we 
we're very close. We would always have Sunday dinners together. I mean, we would probably eat together most nights anyway, but especially on Sundays with the extended family. And that's what feels normal to me. That's what feels um, balanced to me. And, um, you know, in many cases, in some cases, distance uh, prevents that from happening as, as regularly as we might like. But when we're in a situation where uh, our public officials are, are telling us that we need to either self-quarantine or we need to really limit our contact with other people. Um, it could be a real challenge. And so, you know, I, I thankfully we live in the age that we do, you, you know, the, 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 the technological age that we live in is both a blessing and a curse. But if we focus on the blessings of the technological age that we live in now with telecommunications, uh, heck, uh, you know, we're able to communicate from the four corners of the world now, whether it's by phone or by Skype or by Zoom or any kind of um, any kind of technological communication device. Uh, even texting, you know, sometimes just getting a text message that says, uh, you know, I'm okay from a friend or a family member is enough to keep that person in your mind and for you to feel like they're connected to you. For other people, it may be needing to have a more, um, you know, a more traditional conversation, but even just text messages or forwarding something funny that you saw on the internet uh, or connecting on Facebook, you know, these things are important. You know, of course they could all be a double-edged swords and, and, you know, Facebook is, is a double-edged sword and all sorts of social media could be a double-edged sword. Uh, if you know, you're, you're receiving the wrong type of content out of context, but, um, if you're communicating and connecting with people in a loving and a compassionate way, you know, that could really be a remedy to, um, prevent the secondary layer of this stuff, whether it's depression or the coronavirus that's creating all of the, the distress. So it seems like it's certainly valuable to understand your yours and your partner's personality dimension and be able to better relate to them. And I'm also feeling like there is a connection between your personality and how you receive and give love. Is that something that uh that's tied in there yeah well that's a really that's a really good point and it reminds me of something there was uh, a popular book a number of years ago the five love languages by gary chapman and he sort of spoke about this he didn't necessarily break it down exactly in the ways that i had broken it down with physical emotional and intellectual but he had spoken about how sometimes by default we give our partners love, not in the way that they need it or want it, but in the way that we need it or want it. And if it's not a match with the way that our partner needs or wants love, then it creates conflict and disharmony. And so he, he identified five different love languages, what he called words of affirmation, uh, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. So you could see that some of them actually do break down along the physical, emotional, and intellectual dimension. Obviously, physical touch being physical, um, giving and receiving gifts being um, can be physical, but also emotional. Words of affirmation being more intellectual, 
Um, acts of service, I would say, is probably more emotional. And uh, quality time, I would say, is more emotional. But it's uh, figuring out what makes your partner tick and then giving them what they need rather than what you may more naturally have to give. So, um, you know, let's say, um, you know, let's say that your partner is asking you for milk and you don't have milk. You only have, um, I don't know, you only have uh, gold, so to speak. <laughs> uh, you know, you could give your partner gold, but if they're asking for milk, you're not really giving them what they need. And they may say, yeah, the gold is great. And I know the gold is valuable, but that's not what I need. And you as the giver might feel like, well, you know, I'm giving you something that's more valuable than, than milk. I'm giving you gold. But the other person is saying, but, you know, I'm really thirsty. What I really need is milk right now. And so, you know, as a person who is listening to their partner and you might not have the milk at that very moment, but, you know, maybe you could use the gold to buy the milk and to give your partner milk. So figuring out what your partner needs and rather than giving them what is most convenient for you to give, giving them what they actually need. We love the mm, milk yes. and gold metaphor. <laughs> Did you just make that up on the fly? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I mean, and to me, it just speaks to why we need all these tools to better relate to others that <laughs> Not everyone wants gold. Not everyone wants milk. We need to be creative. And even though we feel like we're, we're doing the right thing, your partner may not receive love that way, or they may not process the stress of this pandemic in the same way. So you think because you're projecting on how you would like it to be and uh, really speaks to, I think, elementally why we just need these tools and, and to better relate to each other. But first, we want to take a break to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. You guys might be experiencing a little bit more stress, anxiety, relationship issues, given the current circumstances and also not wanting to be out and about traveling. So really, there's not a better service at the moment than today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. You can communicate with your therapist via text, chat, phone, and video. Choose from over 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states who specialize in relationships, depression, stress, and anxiety, which a lot of us are dealing with a lot more than normal, self-esteem, anger, trauma, and many more areas. Anything you share is confidential. And if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. BetterHelp is secure, convenient, and professional. Best of all, it is truly an affordable option. Our listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code I do. So get started today. Go to betterhelp.com slash I do and simply fill out a questionnaire form to help them assess your needs to get you matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash I do to get 10% off your first month. Today's episode is also brought to you by Feels. Sarah and I try to live a very healthy and active lifestyle from the food we eat to getting outside, playing sports, 
Sarah's learning tennis. She's whooping my butt. (laughs) And we are always striving to live our best life. And one way to live your best life is to not feel stressed and anxious. And a lot of us have been feeling that extra stress lately with a lot of these health issues and the coronavirus. And one way to feel less stress is through CBD oil. I found that the CBD oil is really helping me sleep better at night, feel less stressed. And Feels is premium CBD delivered straight to your door. It is a natural way to reduce stress, anxiety, and sleeplessness. And there's no high hangover or addiction. And if you're new to CBD, Feels offers a free CBD hotline with real human support to help guide you through the discovery process. Join the Feels community and get your CBD delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel your membership at any time. Become a member and get 50% off your first order by visiting feels.com slash I do. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash I do to become a member and get 50% off your first order. Yeah, exactly. And as you know, I know it's a cliche, but usually cliches are are that way for a reason. It it all comes down to communication. If you're not communicating regularly or deeply with your partner, then it's hard to know what they need, and it's hard to get feedback to know when things have gone awry. But when you are communicating regularly with your partner, even if you make a mistake, your partner will correct you, hopefully in a gentle way. And you know, life is a corrective process. Uh, all successful people in whatever endeavor start off by failing and then gradually correcting their mistakes until they get to the point where they, you know, are are doing things correctly or successfully. And uh, from from a, from a Zen perspective, I, I may have talked about this last time. Uh, Zen is one of the approaches that really guides my work, both on a personal level and on a professional level. Uh, I think a lot of people misunderstand Zen. Um, and think that it's just about meditation. Meditation is a part of it, but really what Zen is all about is uh, taking sort of a trial and error attitude into life, into the world. And as you have these trial and error experiences, which start out with a lot of error, your body and your mind and your soul gradually learns lessons, very subtle lessons over time. And as a result of that, unconsciously, you end up correcting these mistakes and becoming more and more proficient over time to the point that you become so proficient that you know the right thing to do without even having to think about it. And so you're able to live from your gut instincts. Um, You know, people shouldn't just live from their gut instincts without having trained their gut instincts. The way that we train our gut instincts is to put ourselves into situations you know, many, many times and to learn from our mistakes and from our experiences. And then when we start succeeding, we can trust our gut and our gut is usually faster than our brain in that regard. So in relationships, I think this is true as well. When you communicate and, you know, you make mistakes early on, gradually those mistakes get corrected the more and more you communicate and the more and more you uh, try things. And eventually you can have a relationship that's spontaneous where you're both kind of acting from the gut. Um, because you know each other so well from all of the communication. Do you find that couples that have the same personality dimension relate? 
to each other more easily? At first, at first they do. And, you know, sometimes uh, I'm, I'm not going to say that matched or mismatched couples, you know, fare better or worse. I think really the overarching trait is communication. And if they're able to communicate, then you can bridge the gap between, you know, one person who might be of one orientation and another person who is of a different orientation. Um, and, and in many cases, you can have a more passionate relationship or a more interesting relationship if your partner is of a different orientation than you, as long as you have the communication that is able to bridge the gap. For, for, for instance, um, I, I feel that while I am more emotionally oriented, my wife is more intellectually oriented. And in the beginning of our relationship, we would come to clash about certain things because we had different ways of seeing the world and we had different ways of needing to be comforted by the other and different um, things that interested us. Uh, however, fortunately, I, I feel that if my primary orientation is emotional, my secondary orientation is intellectual. And for my wife, it's the exact opposite. While her primary orientation is intellectual, her secondary orientation is emotional. So, you know, we were able to bridge the gap relatively easy through communication, through some couples therapy, including some imago dialoguing practice. And it was really the communication that helped us to bridge those gaps. And because of that, I think we have a very vibrant and passionate relationship because we have different orientations, but only because we were able to, uh, really work on a relationship through communication. But if we were both of the same orientation, if we still had good communication, I think uh, we would be able to have a happy and successful relationship nonetheless. I'm glad you mentioned the secondary orientation because as you went through all the orientations, I definitely identify with physical, but I feel like I wouldn't even call it second. Like emotional is is right there with it. And, and then I might even have to add a third. Like I've, I've really related to a lot of them. And maybe that's why Sarah says I'm intense person. <laughs> but is that, is that something I really, you know, uh, all joking aside, I really do strongly identify with each of them. And, and is that mm. mean, I, I know we can't conclude anything from that, but I feel like that just adds complexity to my personality. Sometimes that's good. Absolutely. Sometimes that is uh, frustrating. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really glad that you brought that up because you know I didn't have time in my article to really go too into depth. They only give us a thousand words, but um, it, it is important. Your your secondary and your tertiary orientation is really important, but not just the the sort of order in which those orientations. Uh, rank for you, but sort of the distance between them. So if, you know, if we, if we take a pie with a hundred percent, you know, and we take two people who have the same rank orientations, you know, let's just say one is intellectual, two is physical and three is emotional. Well, you know, if, if that person is, let's say 80% intellectual and 10% physical and 10% emotional, they're going to be very different from someone who is, let's say, 35% intellectual and um, 30% physical and, uh, I'm losing my percentages here, 25% 25. emotional, <laughs> yeah. uh, whatever adds up to 100 there. 
Um, so, you know, someone who's very balanced with the three orientations being very close to, to each other is going to present very differently than someone like, you know, let's say that, you know, I guess the arc, the archetype of like Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory, uh, who, you know, is intellectual, but he's, you know, the way his character is written and portrayed, you know, he's probably like 80% intellectual and 10% physical and 10% emotional. Whereas someone like my wife is probably only like 35% intellectual and maybe 30% emotional and 25% uh, you know, physical. Uh, she's a much different personality than someone like, you know, Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. She's much more balanced. Yeah, I'll look at it that way. I'm more balanced. <laughs> but sometimes sometimes it feels like I'm trying to work through things or communicate with Sarah and I'm identifying w with multiple ones. It feels like sometimes it would be more simple to relate with Sarah for certain things if I was more oriented towards one, like 90% towards one. Then it if maybe it's balanced is not it's more spread out. And so maybe it's more complex in relating or am I just overthinking this? Yeah. Look, you know, you could pick, this is only a theory that I have right. here. Uh, this, yeah. you know, pick, pick the paradigm or pick the metaphor that you feel best explains who you are. That's um, you know, look that that's what I've done. It's, 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 you know, it's not, there's nothing so, unique and special about the way that I've laid things out. Uh, it's just what I've gathered and collected from my experiences with working with patients. So, you know, pick the, pick the paradigm, draw it up, uh, come up with whatever metaphors you feel are, are most apt and, and, and go with that. And that's a great point. And that's what we try to do on the show is just have a lot of information and different perspectives. And hopefully our listeners can take that and then apply it to them individually. And it's not, it doesn't need to be dogmatic and, and this is the way it is. But as someone that identifies as all of these in my intellectual side, sometimes I feel like I take this information and it's almost like, um, not, I don't know if cognitive bias is the word, but like self confirmation. It's like, oh, okay, this is why I'm that way because, you know, this research and these personality types. And so I try to step back from that even and not let myself be limited by by a prescribed labels. Labels or a personality type. I think that's also important, at least for me, to recognize. Yeah, look, you're 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 just like the rest of us trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and um you know, I, I invite this is part of not just your psychological journey, but I would say your spiritual journey as well is to to kind of figure it out and through uh, trial and error and, you know, putting some theories out there, testing the theories, collecting the results and then seeing where you stand. And so, you know, you're fortunate you have a partner helping you in the process. And that's great because we can't always see ourselves in the most objective way. And that's where our partners come in. They can give us data and feedback about ourselves that we wouldn't necessarily be able to get on our own. And, uh, you know, so that's why, you know, relationships are so important and key and, and such a beautiful thing. And, um, you know, the two of you are fortunate to have each other. Mm, thank you. Can you talk a little bit more about the spiritual path and how, 
understanding our personalities can help guide us in becoming more spiritual? Sure, sure. So, well, what, you know, Gurdjieff had had said and what he felt, now he, he put these in terms that were a little bit different than what we would talk about today based on the, the area of the world that he was speaking in and, and his tradition. He was, um, he, he was teaching in primarily like Eastern Europe, like Armenia and, and also in like, uh, the Greek area, Turkey, that, you know, type area, but also other places in Europe. And this is sort of at the turn of the century and around the turn of the 19th and 20th century. And so, you know, he, 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 he would say that someone from a physical perspective would be well served by following the path of the Fakir, which, you know, the Fakirs in, in India and in that part of the world were people who were like into physical renunciation and conquering physical pain, uh, doing all sorts of like physical activities, overcoming their limitations physically uh, through practice and, you know, what they would say, dedication to God and, and the physical path. And so using those methods uh, as, as, the training tools for them. Uh, today, you know, we might say uh, that the physical path spiritually would be one that uh, involves something like uh, Hatha yoga. There are many different types of yoga, and, and I'll talk about the other type, other types of yoga later. But you know, Hatha yoga is is a you know more physical path, or Ashtanga, the uh, more physical path, and um, so you know, there are many people who try understanding the world spiritually through the physical dimension. Uh, again, you know, people who may do fasting, practice fasting as a spiritual practice or these other techniques of um, trying to overcome their physical limitations through spiritual methods and, and methods of yoga and things like that. The emotional path, he would say, Gurdjieff would say that uh, this is the path of the monk and the path of the monk requires faith and devotion and compassion. Um, you know, if you think about like the the bleeding heart members of any religious group, the ones who are, um, you know, constantly helping other people in a Mother Teresa sort of a way. And um, these are people who are very saliently expressing love and who are using faith uh, as a vehicle for them to understand uh, the nature of God more, the nature of the spirit more. And then from an intellectual perspective, uh, you know, Gurdjieff would say that uh, this is the way of the yogi. And by yogi and yoga, he's talking more about Raja yoga and about increasing one's knowledge and increasing one's consciousness through learning, through more formal spiritual lessons and teaching, uh, perhaps through the teaching of things like the Vedas. Uh, and, you know, but that's just more from the Hindu tradition. But, you know, if we step outside of that, I think each religion sort of has analogs to each of these paths, to the physical path and to the emotional path and the intellectual path. So um, you can pick your path. 
Uh, and then, you know, if depending on what your proclivities are from a religious or spiritual perspective, you could either stick with the religious or spiritual perspective that you were raised in, or you could find a different religious or spiritual perspective that you think is more in harmony with who you are. But if you know a little bit about your orientation, it might help you to find the different subpath within that religious or spiritual direction. Thank you so much yeah, for that. You. And we'll have to have you back on in the, for a third time and we can dive even more into those spiritual paths. And really, you've laid a great foundation for us for understanding our personality types and relating better. So thank you so much, John, for coming back on. Let's wrap up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you online. If there's anything you want to leave them with, maybe we skipped over or an important point to emphasize, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay, great. Thank you. So uh, I have a monthly column for Psychology Today. It's called The Cube. So you can find me on Psychology Today. And uh, uh, I've written a number of books, but the book that is probably the most relevant to uh, your audience is called Who Are You? Essential Questions for Hitchhikers on the Road of Truth. And that can be found at Amazon. And in terms of a message for your listeners, just in general, moving forward, um, you know, this is a difficult time. Uh, I understand that. But um, I think it's important for everybody to figure out how they best can not only serve themselves, but serve the people closest around them. And that could start with, again, figuring out either what your partner's love language is or what their orientation is. And to make sure that even though we are being asked to um, either quarantine or limit our social contact on a physical level, we can still reach out to the people we love and we care about using the technology devices that we have, our phones, you know, social media, um, video chats and, and things like that. So you want to make sure that you do that as much as possible because the isolation can lead to secondary anxieties and depression that will just make all of this much more exacerbated. But we've, we've gotten as a, as a civilization and um, as a species, we've gotten through so much more before in the past, I know people have brought up the Spanish influenza of 1918 and so many other things um, like that and worse. We're, we're going to get through this. We just need a little bit of patience and understanding. And the more that you can manage your own anxieties around this, the more you'll be able to uh, model that for the people closest to you, your children, your spouses, your family members. So, um, you know, that would just be the, the, the final take home message that I would have for today. Mm, well, thank you so much, John. And like Chase said, we appreciate you coming back on the show so quickly. <laughs> we just had you on last week and it was great. And uh, we'll have all the links to your website and your book on the show notes. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you, Chase. I really appreciate it. Hi, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page, as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship 
So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, we also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, we encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, we are all here for each other. Um, the group has grown to almost a thousand people um, and we love it. So we hope you guys join that. You can go to Facebook, Love Tribe Fam, and you'll find us right there. And if you are interested in learning more about our flagship course, Spark My Relationship, we hope you guys check it out. We have a special offer that is only for podcast listeners. So you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more as always thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week you are listening to a pleasure podcast For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.